Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Guess what today is. It's Wilbon Day. Woo-woo! Chicago native Michael Wilbon, host of Pardon the Interruption with Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Tuesday is 5 o'clock now. Brand new day for Michael Wilbon. Has been for a couple months now, and it's always one of our favorite times of the Absolutely. week, Waddle. He's brought to you by HawkAuto.com, Ford, Chevy, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Subaru, Cadillac, Mazda, and VW, all in one place. HawkAuto.com, where Chicagoland saves big. How we doing today, Mike? I'm good. I'm good. What's happening? Uh, well, just kind of still going over what transpired in Super Bowl 58. What were your thoughts after Sunday's game? Well, I, I, my thoughts are mostly of the thoughts, which are completely overwrought, overstated, and, you know, just absurd, most of it to me. Um this criticism of Shanahan, it just seems literally absurd. Um, it was a great game. It's a great, great game. Doesn't mean it was perfect. Doesn't mean there weren't some things you could just sort of second guess. But I just thought it was a great game from, from soup to nuts. I like the defense. I like that it wasn't 48-45. That's not the kind of football I enjoy. Um, and so I just I thought it was terrific. I, I thought that you know, two special teams plays cost San Francisco the Super Bowl, the muff punt and the point after uh, block. And, you know, I, the, the notion of, you know, even the statistical models, everybody wants to run out and quote, say, oh, the, the analytics say you have to. No, they don't, because they were like 50.1 to 49.9. That's called a wash. And the analytics, which I don't necessarily live my life by anyway, um, I understand Shanahan's thinking. D- did it work? No, it didn't because they didn't score a touchdown. Um, they didn't score a touchdown, and Chris Jones made sure of that by rushing up the middle and preventing Purdy from being able to wait on that receiver to clear in the right quarter of the end zone. Just a great game. Just yeah. a great game. One of the all-time great Super Bowls. You know, there's, I don't know, four or five others you could put with it, I guess. I don't put the Atlanta-New England one with it because somebody had to choke in that one. Nobody choked in this one. It was two even teams um, and, a, you know, a play here and a play there. And again, two special teams. I, I think, yeah, I was going to for the 49. I was going to say, Mike, with regard to the I, – I think analytics are very useful. I've said this from the very beginning, though. I'm not married to them. They are just a tool in my sports toolbox, and I use them. But I also have to take into consideration other factors. And one of those, yeah. for me, is the opponent. And I yes. just felt the decision from Shanahan, who I think is a fantastic coach, and I've been a Shanahan fan for a long, long time, his decision to take the ball basically was a decision to give Patrick Mahomes four downs to work with on their possession. And had it been Jared Goff or had it been somebody else, maybe I would feel different. And that's where the analytics, I, I, I think, are not 100% something I abide by. The fact that you're playing against Patrick Mahomes, I was uncomfortable 
knowing that he was going to have four downs to accomplish what he needed to accomplish based on what they did in their first their first possession. How do you do? How do you do on all those downs and all those possessions until overtime? You can't do anything. A special teams blunder gave Kansas City its only touchdown. True. In regulation. You're absolutely right. Like, listen, I don't think Shanahan's decision cost them the game. I'm with you. You missed an extra yeah. point. You fumbled a punt. Uh, Christian McCaffrey fumbled the in the red game. zone. Like, there were a lot of... And, and the, the play you mentioned with Chris Jones, like, the, the right tackle completely blows his assignment. If he doesn't, that's right. a touchdown. That's I, a touchdown. It is. Yeah. It's a touchdown. And then Kansas City's got to score the, the pressures on them. And they had not scored a touchdown. Not really. They've been gifted one. Um, I thought that the defensive coordinators were just great. Uh, in that game, yeah. uh, to, to 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 handle those offense, they held Patrick Mahomes to nothing until until overtime. And that's... so, I, you know, I don't mean no yards. I mean no result. I mean they hadn't scored. They had field goals. Mm-hmm. They looked like the Bears. They had to settle for field goals the whole game, the whole game until overtime. And of course, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest thing out there. But they had done a hell of a job, Wilkes and his and his and his defense. I just thought it was. Just a great game. It's a okay. great game all the way. All right, around. and I know you don't like to speak in absolutes and and get you know carried away with who's the greatest of all time, but just your thoughts on on Patrick Mahomes and what he has accomplished in a short period of time. I mean, he's in the discussion. You know, for me, it's always been Montana and Elway, and obviously then you know Tom Brady. Eclipsed him. Tom Brady's got the greatest career. But you know one thing, and, and I was I was asking who was asking about this um, Sunday night. Tom Brady, to me, I mean, you just like I'm not going to argue against Tom Brady being the goat. That's just a waste of time argument to me. Again, the greatness of career. The one thing Tom Brady never did that Patrick Mahomes does, like I don't know, once a month at least, he brings you out of your seat. He brings you off your sofa. He does something that physically just makes you scream out loud and jump up. Brady never – I don't have a single play where Brady did that, ever, mm-hmm. ever. And I was at half – the first half of Brady's career, I was still covering football for the Washington Post. I was there. He's The greatness and the genius and the brilliance, they're undeniable. But he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so Mahomes has that. Elway, God knows, had that. Even when they were getting blown out of Super Bowls, Elway had it. Montana had it. Um, and Mahomes, you know, he's as good as it gets. He's as good as it gets right now in sports. Um, when you win three and you're 28 years old, I, I don't know how the discussion veers away from that. And yet, you know, we can, you know, let's see. I mean, this is why other people get paid too. Tony and I are always fond of sand. Um, and let's see what other brilliant young people come along that may be able to, you know, stem that tide or eclipse it. I, I don't know. Um, you know, it's interesting what's out there now. And even look, the 49ers, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Shanahan, like Shanahan, I'll, I'll take Shanahan right now. Yeah, me yep. too. Like, I would dump, you know, 25 other coaches in the league out of 30 at least. I'll take Shanahan. Yeah. So what What, what have the 49ers done? They got in the overtime game? I'm just supposed to have shame over that? This is where the overstatement comes in. That's where I say it's, it's time for the season to be over now. People can't control themselves. <laughs>
uh, it's time for the season to be over and we can go on to overstating another sport. Uh, Michael Wilbine joining us here on the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline here on ESP 1000. Waddle and Sylvie Meller in for Sylvie today. Mike, uh, it's interesting you mentioned Kyle Shanahan there. We've been talking a little bit about it here the past couple of days. It seems like, you know, 20 years ago, Andy Reid was in a very similar spot where everybody was criticizing him for not having the ability to win the big one. And then sure enough, he got to Kansas City. He got Patrick Mahomes in the fold. And now all of a sudden he's on the precipice of maybe being considered the greatest coach of all time. If he can pass Bill Belichick with maybe a trophy or two more to his resume. So we've got all this, but it's interesting to see how things, if you have a little bit of time and a little bit of age on you, and you've seen this story play out before, it is, you know, you can look at it and say, you know what, don't give up on Kyle Shanahan just yet. He's got a, a long runway of a career ahead of him. He's 44 years old. I would now he'd not give up on him. I'd take him and start him. Yes. He's the building block I would take. I mean, you know, he's he's been the two Super Bowls as a head coach. That's a coach uh, you would trade the, for if you got a situation and yes, you had to give up he, compensation for it. Yeah. Yes, yes, without question. Um, I would. And so, yeah, I, I'm going to take Shanahan, and I'm not apologizing to anybody for that. Uh, or San Francisco's – San Francisco didn't come in here and get blown out of games and look bad doing it. Um, you know, Shanahan didn't fumble that punt and didn't get that kick block. Right. So I, I, you know, I'll take Shanahan. I, I think any criticism of Shanahan, I don't have time for that foolishness. I wind up turning off TV as much as I turn it on. I just, I turn it off quickly because I get angry at what I hear. <laughs> it felt like though, Mike, that, that the Super Bowl in totality kind of it, it was well. The NFL did a nice job presenting their product. the The game was good. It was. A little yeah. rough to start with. It was very entertaining at the end. I thought yeah. the halftime, you know, presentation was, was good. Great, one of my favorite halftimes. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. And I think Vegas, because they know how to handle a large number of, of people in this type of environment, we weren't there. But it feels like they did a brilliant job hosting the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, I mean, this is what they do. They host right. big events all the time, huge events, and they're, and they're getting even more practice at it. Now they get the Stanley Cup Finals. They've had it. Um, you know, they get something that doesn't seem like like it's huge, but it's day to day to day to day for like 15 days, like summer league. Like they're used to having big sports. You know, they have bowl games, they have they have everything. So yeah, Vegas is used to having it all um, now in sports. And so yes, I, and the, look, the game was great from soup to nuts, including halftime. You're an R and B person, and I am that. Halftime couldn't. I don't know that it can get any better. So the whole thing is great. That's I don't have I don't have time just for criticism because people think they get paid to talk and they have to be critical. Mike, uh, how did you consume the Super Bowl? Were you at home or were you at a party this year? Yeah, by myself. No, I don't do Super Bowl. I ask you because. I, I, a Waddle usually is one of the the most gracious hosts we have at the station. He frequently is a man who hosts a Super Bowl party. And I never get oh, a wow. chance to see the game. None or... of which I've been invited to, by yeah. the way. Just just saying. Oh, well, well, you're invited next year. When COVID came, that was the year before COVID was the last one. And then it was put you. on hold. But yeah. next year, I, I, you, you Super Bowl to, 59, Mike. Back on. It's in Arlington <laughs> Heights. We're going to celebrate it right there with the old yeah. state or the new stadium. No, it's going to be at my house. That's where it's yeah, going to be. Yeah, well, at your house is fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you're going to yeah, have to no, drive I, out to I, Long Grove. I, I, Can you get out there? Because I, I know you don't like to drive out to the suburbs. Listen. We'll send my, a car, one Mike. One of my dearest friends who's listening to us right now, Vince Williams, and his family lived in Long Grove. They, okay. they, they moved to Vegas. 
lived in Long Grove. No, I know how to get to Long Grove. Okay. I know how to <laughs> crash. I know how to get to Dent's house. I got knuckles. I'm going to live like a driver and four iron from Dent. So, okay, so I know how to find you guys. Yes, you do. Party's I, I on. Watch, I will watch by myself. By myself in my house, I won't see it. You know, I, I went to 20 straight schools. Um, and, you know, for years, I didn't what the commercials is about, which is like the most overstated thing other than Shanahan's mistakes you can go by is to have to hear the garbage about the commercials and the celebration of those. Um, so, no, I, I just get I, – I flew back from L.A. We have countdown, uh, NBA countdown in the morning. I went and hopped on a, a, a flight. Um, it got me in the Scottsdale airport and, you know, at the end of the first quarter, ran home, just started from the beginning. And saw the whole thing, and, and um, so I, I, I'm a quiet consumer. No Super Bowl parties. Yeah, for me. Uh, Mike Thursday. I lived there a exactly, and you're always always welcome. Um, Thursday Thanks. night was uh, was a special night for a lot of people attached to the Chicago Bears franchise. Uh, Devin Hester goes into the Hall of Fame. Steve McMichael yeah. goes into the Hall of Fame. Long overdue, yeah. and Julius Peppers, who played four years in a Bears uniform, goes in as well. But your thoughts on Devin and, and Steve getting the the nod? Well, obviously, I mean, I, I know Steve a little bit, and probably not as well as you, Tommy, but I, God knows has been around Steve a million times. Yeah. As a sports writer, you know, in the 80s when the, when, the, when the Bears were great, and I spent a good chunk of my time in that locker room. And then afterward, when Steve was just being Steve, <laughs> um, I got to MC an event once uh, where, where Steve was the show, and I know it's been difficult. I know it has been. Uh, I've, you know, certainly uh, heard from enough of his teammates, and close friends, as this has gone on. And you just hope he, you just, I just hoped he would get in. Um, he certainly was part of an important part of the greatest defense to ever play, period. And uh, with apologies to the Steel Curtain teams, um, I'm taking the 46 defense and, and Steve McMichael's obviously involvement uh, along that front line with Richard and Dan and Fridge and Mike Hardenstein and others. I, I just, you know, I'm glad I'm glad he got in. And Devin Hester, if Gail Sayers isn't the greatest return man of all time, then it's only a choice of like three people. Sayers, Dion, Devin Hester. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's, and I guess now somebody's got more touchdowns who was a bear too for a minute. Um, <laughs> Cordell Patterson. Yeah. Cordell, yes, Patterson. So, so wow! How about that? Three of the five, three of the four greatest return men of all time have have worn their uniform. Devin Hester, to me, I, I, I'm even going him over my idol, Gale. I'm going Hester as the greatest return man of all time. And don't tell me he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. I just don't. I don't have time how about for that. that? We, we've, we've no argument. We've nailed the return game position here yes. in Chicago. We just can't get the quarterback right. I was going to say, Tommy, how about this? We've had more great return men than quarterbacks. Of yeah, yes, without a doubt. I mean, it's not, it doesn't really add up. But Devin Hester, I just remember whether I was sitting in the stadium, sitting in Soldier Field a couple of times on the road, road games or watching on television, and you just felt this guy's going to turn this game right now. And he did it enough that you just go, goodness, seriously? 
I mean, the number of times people said they were. I mean, it was great talking to coaches too. Coaching the talking to coaches I know who either said they weren't going to kick to him, and they did, or they weren't going to kick to him. And the special teams people got a little hubris and said, "Yeah, right. The hell with that." You know, we're, we're not we're not letting this dude dictate. Oh, wait, is that him going down the sideline? Yeah. I it just you know it's it's so cool um, to have lived through that with Devin Hester. Um, he's, it's, 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 it's not often you can be the greatest at what you are at a thing, or even if you're the greatest and the only argument are two or three other people and you still get the wait, if the people in the conversation are Gail Sayers and Dion, hmm. I mean, think about that. Mm, and Patterson company. recently, but the, the, the yes, how, what two hall of famers, two first ballot Oh my God! Greatest of all time players are your competition for being the greatest ever at that position at and that thing. And Mike, it's one of those things where you know I know you will push back against anyone who wants to get hyperbolic, calling calling someone the greatest you know that there ever was. But at this point, the way the NFL has moved away from kickoffs, it's very likely we'll never see anybody like Devin That's Hester it. again because yeah. the, the kickoff he, is he likely like to be the last one. Yeah, it's likely to be legislated out of the game. So that in itself is, you know, worth being, it's hall worthy. Uh, Michael Wilbon joining us here on ESPN 1000 on the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline. Mike, um, I thought it was interesting watching the Super Bowl. We did on Sunday morning get a lot of reports from some NFL insiders, both Ian Rappaport, who joined us earlier today, and Adam Schefter, talking about the Bears spot now being on the clock and how it seems like they're moving in the direction of selecting Caleb Williams unless, as Ian Rappaport reported, they can get a historical haul back for that number one overall pick. Are you um, starting to get on board with the idea of the Bears drafting Caleb Williams? Uh, you know, I, again, and you, Tommy will start laughing and rolling his eyes because he and Sylvie have had to sit through me either in the studio talking about this or on the air a few times. Caleb Williams went to my son's high school. Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams is not some stranger to me. Caleb Norris family, his game, who he is as a kid, as a person, as a player, not a stranger. Quite the opposite. So, if the Bears draft Caleb Williams, I will be one of the early people out there buying 13 jerseys. Nice. Um, that's just, that's a fact. Do I want, do I favor that? No. I'd like to see this work with Justin Fields. So, do I, and, and, and the th- another thing I've become convinced over in the last few months of just talking to some coaches and talking to people who who are involved in the game for a living, who either coach offense or play quarterback, is that more than one thing could actually work. Like, like we could trade Justin Fields. He goes on to be a really terrific quarterback somewhere else and draft Caleb Williams and he'd be great. I, you know, more than one thing can work or not work. Uh, I re- the only thing I reject is the notion that anybody knows what the hell is going to hmm. happen or knows how it's going to turn out. That I reject. Yeah, I, uh, on uh, both sides, but, because people yeah. try to portray this as one side has less risk or more risk. Yeah, and I would yeah. I would argue to anybody that there is risk involved with drafting Caleb Williams. Not knowing yep. how he'll translate to the NFL level, you can think you'll know, yep. but you won't know until you actually know. And also thinking that passing on him and moving forward with Justin is a risk-free 
move, I would well, push back on that well, because, yeah. yes, yes, if you yes. don't get the progress from him that you're expecting because you've changed coordinators and you've added so-called talent and you've invested yourself into moving forward with him and the progress that you were hoping from him doesn't materialize, then you've passed on another quarterback who may or may not turn out to be as good as C.J. Stroud. And you've also passed on the opportunity to move Justin because he would be a valuable commodity in the trade market. So there's there's a ton of risk involved on both sides of this equation. In every direction, 360 degrees. And, Tommy, let me just pay you a compliment. You are one of the few people that, when you talk about this all the time, acknowledges, not just acknowledges, but delves into the shades of gray. And, and that, you know, that's what I was talking about earlier when people want to, with the, the criticism of Shanahan, just people don't want to deal in shades of gray. And nothing is shrouded in more gray than sports. And people are just not smart about it. And I don't know whether they feel, you know, this is the, 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 worst, the worst two words in the English language as it pertains to sports and conversation is hot takes. Because people feel they have to give some stupid opinion which doesn't acknowledge the gray. The gray, the shades of gray that you would better deal with when you're making these decisions in real life. So, Tommy, you are one of the few people that, that does that consistently on this topic. And this topic demands it. it. It demands that you acknowledge all the possibilities. Otherwise, you're just wasting time. And so, I, you know, one day I'm convinced of one thing. One day I'm convinced of another. I just hope we get it right. Yeah. I hope they get it right. And that just means... You know, I guess it means somebody appears in the Super Bowl sometime relatively soon. Um, but to say that we know what's going to happen, and all these reports, and now they're moving to it, they don't know. They don't know. See, this is they Mike, don't. and I was saying to Jeff here a second ago, this is what I bristle at. I don't know who Caleb Williams is going to be. All I've seen of him play is what I've seen on Saturdays. I'd have to look at the film more right. closely to give you a well educated or well-versed opinion on him same with drake may and everybody else i can't sit here and tell you they have to pivot and go here but the people that won't even contemplate the thought that you may be better off pivoting from justin and going in this direction i can't i can't deal in that world either i mean and again justin has done a lot of good things over the course of his last several games here But if you look at the totality of his work, and and this is not me trying to tear him down. This is me just addressing the people that think it's absurd that you could get somebody that may play the position better than him. I would remind you, and all of this is not just his fault, because he hasn't been dealt a great hand. He's 10 and 27 as a starter. He's played in 40 games, 37 starts. In those 37 starts, he's got 54 total touchdowns, passing and rushing, 41 total turnovers. He's taken 135 sacks and has a career completion rate of 60%. Now, not all his fault, but for anybody to tell me that you can't bring me a case where moving on from him could be the right choice. Can I would make ju- the case. I, of course can, I can. can. Make the case. I just made yes. it for you. Yeah. And, and so I don't, I, I'm, Tommy, I'm not engaging for very long in anybody that's speaking in absolutes about this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it is too, there's too much unknown. There's, there's absolute risk. A lot of nuance. Uh, we may not know the, yes. 
And so that's what makes this I, – I, I, now, here's what I do believe. Here's the only thing I believe about this topic. It is the single most divisive yes. topic in the history of sports in Chicago. Amen. Now, okay, I can go back. I can go back to any debate to – I don't know. I can go back to 1965 when I was six years old. So I can go back pretty far. I can go back further than most. I can't go back any further than that. We have to get somebody <laughs> 10 years older than me to go back further. But this is the most divisive topic. I, listen, so, so I'm here in Arizona much of the last two months because Countdown uh, is from the L.A. studio. And I'm too old to be flying back and forth all the way across the country every week. So I come here to Arizona to my home here. And there's so many Chicagoans and so many cheeseheads. And by the way, you, the Packer people, like they approached me in a restaurant last night here in Scottsdale. And they're, they're so into it as well and opinions and passion and have feelings about it. But so many Chicagoans here in the desert that you can't go like a half an hour without somebody stopping you at the gas station, at a restaurant, at anywhere that you go here in the desert where there's so many uh, Midwestern people and specifically Chicago folks, Iowans, cheeseheads, and that is the number one topic. Nobody's mentioned the Cubs. No, you know, you get the Bulls like once every 20 top, you know, you know uh, discussions. It's all this. Fields, what are we going to do? What do you think should happen? Some people have these hardcore crazy uh, notions, which I run away from. And it's like, God, can we just fast forward and get to April, whatever? When is the draft? April 25th? Yeah. I think it's somewhere there, yeah. Somewhere in that vicinity. Can we just fast forward and get to that so we can, so we can you know, have the result? And by the way, I don't know that – I don't know that the people making this call are anywhere close to making the call yet. That's why I laugh at the notion of they're moving closer. You don't know that. People don't know that. Because, because offers are going to likely come in that, the, that they that – Poles and Kevin and the staffs haven't considered. Suppose somebody gets rid of their quarterback, Pittsburgh Steelers, and then decides to blow the Bears out of the water with an offer, either for the pick or Justin. Then move toward what? You don't know. I did all these reports of, you know, this feels like it has momentum moving. Shut up. It's garbage. Mike. And you know what? You know what? I have a little more access to some of this information and people mm. than some of these folks doing all this talking, okay? And I'm telling you, I don't believe any of that's figured out yet. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Mike, as we let you go, uh, you mentioned your neck of the woods. I do want to ask you, how often over the last 48 hours has uh, discussion about the fan behavior at the Waste <laughs> Management Open whoa, come up? Whoa, whoa. That is, at least from the last 48 hours, that's tied with the Bears pick and Justin. Um, a lot. And, and so the question is, like they come out and said, apparently there's going to have something going to have to be done about it. We get that, but let me let me just let me pose another point of view real quickly. You have all these expanded purses, these heightened purses. You have to create revenue streams. You think and 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 live, which is poaching top ten players. John Rom mm-hmm. is having a different atmosphere, yeah, having oh yeah. a different. You got music. You got you know different behavior. Do we know this is going back in the direction that 
players want complete and utter silence in their backswing? Do we know that? Because mm. I don't. When you when you when you say we got to have expanded purses and we, we we're going to have to have expanded revenue streams, you have to find new re- new revenue streams, not just expanded ones. Where where's that come from? It comes from engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It comes from an engagement at a level that people have to feel they have greater access. What does that mean? It means that there's going to be a real resistance toward moving this back toward golf as everybody else knows it. When you can sell 200,000 tickets on a 45-degree day with rain because people get to sort of express themselves and be what they want to be, are you sure we're going backwards? Wow. That's a great point. Good point, Mike. I mean, there's a lot of money to be made by letting people be who they want to be. Great point. A lot of money to be made. Something to ponder. Appreciate it, Mike. All right, you guys. Be good. Mike Wilbon, always uh, a fun guest when he joins Waddle and Sylvie every Tuesday at 5 o'clock. Amen. That is funny. And Tyler was saying that. Yes. Tyler was saying, like, listen, if you want to, you know, there's money to be made by allowing some of this stuff to take place. And I'm not say, suggesting, you know, puking and fighting and and you know <laughs> making <flies>. snow angels <laughs> in the in the in the in the sand trap is, but you know there is middle ground here where I yes. think that this may be going. And I will say it uh, the longer and longer this drags on, the less and less it looks like live and the PGA Tour are going to merge. Mm, really? I mean, it, how long? It's been almost a year at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No. Touche. Good point. Interesting. 312-332-3776. Lots to talk about. We've got Aki's A-List on docket next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. It's time for Aki's a-list from the mind of the man who understands the four P's of Waddle's world. Aki's A-list. A-list. The top questions and topics floating around in Tyler Aki's mind. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Aki's A-list on ESPN Chicago. I like this eerie music. I'm still a little bit freaked out by the sound of the marker because I because it doesn't sound like a marker to it you. Sound like a marker. What freaks no. you out more, that or the cat? I like the cat. I think that's just such a great <laughs> Meller inside joke that it's just you know sometimes that's those are the best types of jokes. Look, Not everybody needs to get the joke. Exactly. If, if it goes part over, of, here's the great thing. If it goes of, if it goes over your head, you don't know it went over your head. Right. Part of the joy of doing this job, which we're all blessed to do, is is that sometimes you just do stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? In fact, oftentimes. Right. Sometimes we, ju- me, we do stuff that's just trying to present a laugh for us. Yes. Amen to that. Yep. Oh, it's weed o'clock. Oh, yeah. Wow. I came in... I I yesterday was yes, yeah. yesterday oh. it was an assault. It hit with it was pungent yesterday. Yes. It, it hit, was it, hit, it stung the nostrils yes. yesterday. I think Miller and I pretty much said it at the same time. We like looked at each other like, "Oh, yeah, like wow, I'm high. <laughs> I'm high." All right, what do you got, man? I can, listen, 
We're up against the clock a little bit here. Why don't we do a double? We'll do a double session. Double barrel? You, you got, you yeah, got no need for a double it. session? Yeah, we got some juice and, today. Yeah, let's and, do a double session. And, and by the way... Morning and afternoon. Since we're going to work on the run game early, then we'll do the passing game in the afternoon. Sounds good. Since we're uh, doubling up on a little bit of Aki's A-list here, that song, that the airy song that you're... Are you, were you singing you're not sure about? No, I think it's... Oh, okay. it's I like it. It is... Uh, that is my list by the killers. So. You know, uh, Ron from Sales Upstairs, he actually complimented you on using that song oh, earlier today for, again it's for a lot of people just right over their I heads no idea but this, the name yeah. of the song is my list so That's it's awesome. it's aki's a list here's my list this is what i got for you today all right let's start with a justin fields question because if oh, you pull any, why, why we, <laughs> no, if you pull any insider across the league they're all going to tell you the same thing the bears are drafting a quarterback and moving on from justin fields Knowing that, and given that that seems to be consensus around the league as well, does that make you feel a little bit concerned that Justin Fields' trade value may be plummeting because it is consensus across the league that he is on the trade block? I don't think it's plummeting. I just look at it as, I think if you're a team, you have it has to be the right fit. It has to be a team who needs a quarterback an improvement in quarterback, but also is not drafting high enough where they could talk themselves into one of these draft prospects. And so it's a, a very small group of teams. And so I don't think it's plummeting. I just think there's not a whole lot of landing spots. And I think one of those was taken out of the mix when Luke Getzey was hired by the Las Vegas Raiders. So it's to me, it looks like the Steelers and the Falcons are the most likely spots. This is going to be fat. This is one of the fascinating parts of the offseason to me. It, you know, obviously what the Bears decide to do with the first overall selection is obviously the most fascinating part. But part of that decision is is what they feel about Justin and if they're going to pivot and move on to Justin. Finding out, we've had so many different people say, uh, we've had sh- certain people, Mel said a while ago, oh yeah, first, somebody's giving you a first. We've had Shefty say potentially a first in response or in return for Justin in a trade. Others have said a oh, very valuable. I think Rap said today, what, a second? At the very least, a third? Mm-hmm. I don't know how the rest of the NFL feels. I don't. I mean, if in fact, like, let's, let's kind of deconstruct this a little bit. The, 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 the critique of, of, of Luke Getze was he didn't tailor the offense to the strength of the quarterback, right? Isn't that one of the biggest? The, the, yes. The biggest. Yes, he didn't so, know. He- so the next stop, it's got to be a team if that's the case. If everybody that was clamoring, mm-hmm. if you got a say into what the next group that is going to coach him should do, I would assume your advice to that coaching staff would be: Well, you got to you got to get him on the move. You got to do a lot of stuff that makes him comfortable. The majority of the offenses in the National Football League don't do that. So you would think then it's got to be a team that is either A, going to be willing to modify their offense, or B, believes that he can function efficiently or more efficiently in their version of this West Coast offense that everybody's running than he did in ours here in Chicago. As that, with that as a backdrop, how do they feel about that? I think that there are plenty of people out there that look at his athletic ability and go, man, he's one of one. Mm-hmm. And look at him, you know, escape the, the, the pressure and either run for a big play or one of the things he's done really well improving on is, is scrambling to throw. Mm-hmm. Then you ask yourself, why is the completion percentage low? You know, yeah. there's a high risk reward here, but the, the, the high, you know, he's kind of been 
the interceptions went down, but where are the touchdowns? You didn't score an offensive touchdown against the Browns. You didn't score an offensive touchdown in the week final game of the season against the Green Bay Packers. You didn't score an offensive touchdown, you know, against the Vikings in that game. Like, where are the where's the upside? Now, again, yeah. again, I'm get me wrong, people. It's not all on him. Sure, but but if you're asking me, you know, who's going to be interested? You tell me how that. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how teams out there look at him and you see some of the stuff that we saw, some of the improvement that you saw against Atlanta and again, some of the stuff he did against Green Bay in the final game of the season and say, what's that worth? And how much better can I make him than what we've seen? You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of these teams that are going to bring him in or think about bringing him in. Are you going to have a significantly better cast around him? I was thinking about that, especially especially when when the Steelers seem to be the, you know, especially on the heels of Adam Schefter yesterday. Mike Tomlin's a big fan of Justin Fields. When you point out the Steelers, it's like, okay, that's not that much better of a situation offensively than their line is bad. Right. You know, their wide receivers, you know, Pickens and Johnson. Inconsistent. Yeah. I'll take DJ DJ Moore Moore and somebody over that. Absolutely. And the running, I, and Najee Harris has been somewhat disappointing. I think he's got value. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to poo-poo that. But what I'm saying to you is I think it's going to be fascinating to see yeah. how other teams feel about him and how he would fit in their system. What else you got? I've got a Hall of Fame question and a free agency question, but let's do that when we come back. Okay. And a little bit more. More Aki's A-List next. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Waddle and Sylvie, Meller in for Sylvie as Sylvie on vacay for the next uh, week or so. Wife finder keys. She did. That was an interesting there's break. No, there's no, 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 no clarity needs to be added to that. I just want to make sure she found the keys. He's A-list. We roll on. What more do we have, you know Tyler? How many times I've been blamed for this Oh, yeah. Probably more than I have. You've been at it longer than I have. You've been in the game longer been than in I the have. Game longer. Yeah. What do you got, Tyler? All right. So let's get to some free agency stuff here because two guys that are set to hit the market are Mike Evans and Chris Jones, one of which we discussed with Ian Rappaport a little bit earlier, and he talked about the unlikelihood of Chris Jones being slapped with the franchise tag there. But if you go on DraftKings and look at the odds for next team, we've talked a lot about the Justin Fields next team odds, but you can also get it for Mike Evans and Chris Jones. Mm -hmm. The non-incumbent favorite, so basically not returning to your team, the favorite for both of these players is the Chicago Bears. Double barrel for you here. Really? More likely to be with the Bears and who would you rather have with the Bears? Easy qu- easy one. Chris Jones, no-brainer for I'm me. With you. I like Mike Evans. I can't even get wrap my head around Ryan Pohl spending a big chunk of money on Mike Evans at 30. Is it going to be 31 next year? Next year's like year 31. Next yeah. year's Chris Jones is year 30. So, but, but Jones is different because he's, you know, at, at this point, I think you could make the argument he's even better as an interior pass rusher than Aaron Donald at this stage of their careers. Boy, that's a that's. It's a I'd have to research but that. Aaron but Donald, I, I, the last two years has has he's not quite the player he once was. Last two seasons, Chris Jones has twenty six sacks. Yeah, and they've done a really good job. If you've noticed as well, they pace him. They don't play him ninety eight percent of the snaps because they realize that you need to give him a breather every now and again. That's the one thing that, if you ask me. 
the previous administration and Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace were way off on Khalil Mack. They asked him to play way too much. Mm -hmm. And I know you gave him a king's ransom. He earned it. But you still have to give these guys a breather so that when the the true moments of, of determining the outcome of momentum... That guy's got to be on the field, and he's got to have gas in the tank. Yeah, I'm with you because I think you can find wide receivers more, oh. more, more readily in the draft later in the in the draft than you can difference making defensive yeah. tackles who pet rush a passer. And so listen, even you. if it's not Chris Jones, someone like Neil Hunter, who I know Jeremy Fowler linked as a possibility for the Bears, we'll see if Ryan Poles really wants to splurge in free agency. That hasn't necessarily been his mo. I know. They bought in. They brought in uh, Edmonds last year um, on a big money deal. But the reality is that it seemed like there were a couple guys, McGlinchey, yeah. Draymond Jones, who they were in on. But once it hit a certain number, they didn't. They weren't willing to go past. And it. I, I thought that was the right decision. Remember this as well. You're going to have to pay uh, Jalen Johnson, whether you franchise him or you sign him. Mm-hmm. I believe after next year, you're going to have to. You, I, I think DJ's going to be up for a. I think he's well, got two. Have one year left, but yeah. You, you, extension time. You're going to have to look at Brisker. You're going to have to look at Gordon. Yep. I mean, there are other guys you're going to have to look at giving money to. Also, m- all the more reason why the rookie quarterback contract is appealing if you're Ryan Paul. It's another here. part of the equation for sure. Chris Jones, unanimous. All right. And that's you, not, you that's agree a vote, this, Tyler. It's that's your a list. Vote for Chris Jones, not, in, not against Mike Evans. I think more likely. Well, I do think there's a decent chance we could see Mike Evans get franchise tagged, too. Um, I think more likely is Chris Jones, but I think I'd still probably rather take Mike Evans Hmm. and try to go out and find... Because you you have built something defensively there, and the thought of Mike Evans for the window that you might be in here is appealing to me. If you could get him for like three years. Interesting. um, all right, this one, I, I will credit Danny Zetterman, our director of content. He from fed me this one. This I renamed the uh, segment A to from A to Z. Z. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He asks this, Steve Spagnolo, is he a Hall of Famer? Initial thought is no, I, because he's, he's a coordinator, and head coaches have a hard enough time getting into the Hall of Fame. Could you make the same argument for the assistant head or the, the defensive coordinator that you make for the special teamers? Devin Hester? Just ask. Ah. <sighs> Because the I head coach is more important than the D.C. For what it's worth, he is a four-time Super Bowl champion. And he was also the defensive coordinator when the Giants beat the undefeated Patriots team in 2007. Huge upset, which you know he got a lot of credit for because of the way they were able to disrupt that Patriots offense. But I just have a hard time. Like, have how many? Are there any coordinators? No. In the that's why you're having a hard time with it because it's never happened before. Yeah. I, I. I. And the truth is. This is a tough question to answer for me because I, I think coordinators are vitally important, especially. Let's revisit this with your coach. I tomorrow. think this is interesting yeah, too. Yeah, he's <laughs> going to say no, but think no, about he's it too. Say, the door's I, wide open yeah. because he's the DC. He's basically the head coach of the defense because Andy's the offensive guy. Right, and I think it's worth noting too. In three of those Super Bowls, he was an underdog. I, you're going to have to still sell me Probably more. Probably playing against playing like, against Brady, uh, Jimmy G, um, well, and Purdy, and, and Purdy, and then. But as an offense, I bet I bet those offenses were all top five. The other scoring. one was both were Brady because he was. Yeah. Or no, 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 he was only the. Well, he 
DC he, he of the Giants twice or once? He only went once, and with then the, he's done three with the, uh, Chiefs. the Chiefs. Okay. I think it's a really good question. I would, I would right now say no, but my mind is open to thinking about it because I haven't spent a whole lot of time thinking about it. But if you're going to let special teamers in, which I think you should, I'm, I'm on that side of it, I think your mind should be open to... I think the problem is that you just if you're a DC and you don't ascend to, to getting a head coaching job eventually, it's really hard for someone to argue oh, to make right. that case for you as a, right. as a Hall of Famer. And it's more too because they just don't let coordinators into the hall. Like they barely, there's not a whole lot of head coaches right. who are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think it probably you could make a better case for Buddy Ryan as a Hall of Famer if he hadn't been a head coach. Spags has been you know a head I mean? coach. No, right. I know he yeah. has, and I'm saying that's part of the reason why part it's why. really hard to. If yeah. you, it was a disaster if you just in St. Louis. focus in on their accomplishments as the DC, it's a better case, or it yeah. makes you think it's cleaner. Yeah, but it's still a hard. Yeah. We should, well, let's have this. Remind us to ask this question to Yurko Tamak, <laughs> the gatekeeper of the of Campbell. Oh, yes. Uh, that is Aki's A list again. We uh, bring it to you every day. Whatever's on Tyler's mind. 312-332-3776. Remember, Waddle and Silly till 6.30 nowadays here on ESPN 1000. We're going to revisit some of, co- some of the uh, Ian uh, Rappaport yes. comments. Ian joined us at uh, 3.30 today, expanded on what a historic hall would constitute. We'll share with you what that was and his thoughts on the Super Bowl overtime decision by Kyle Shanahan, which Waddle does not necessarily agree with. We'll talk about that next here on ESPN 1000.